0: Hello Humans, this is Brandon with episode 47 of Not-A-Robot Podcast's DC Comics review show, the world's greatest podcast about the world's greatest heroes. They keep coming back, so I'll introduce them. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob.
1: Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, the Superbrands...
2: At the Not-A-Robot headquarters. (laughs) Lovely, lovely, lovely. And Josh. Hello Humans.
0: This week we'll be covering Static Season 1, number 1. Flash 771, yes. Nightwing 81, Catwoman number 32, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one, and the digital first series, Infinite Frontier Secret Files number five. Oh, uh, what a week. Oh, before we get going, really? I just what want to weed. say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. And thank you listeners too. Like, download, and share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com. But before we get into our issues for this week, what's new with you guys this week?
2: It's been a pretty boring week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's been a little boring around here, too. Yeah. Uh, my kids, they get to go a week out of the month to their, uh, their bio dads uh, in the summer, and... Uh, that was weird because they're with us throughout the entire year. And then in the summer they go with him for like one week a month and it's like a babysitter you didn't pay for and you don't really like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, other than that, yeah. Um, not much new in my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you guys either been, you know, reading anything interesting or, or watching anything interesting?
2: Oh, I've been going through uh, guardians of the galaxy over marble side oh yeah god that's such a fun book <laughs> yeah big fan of that series oh my god <laughs> all right so much to Brandon's
1: chagrin I am actually rewrite or er, re-watching the Titan series right
0: now. <laughs> uh, yeah not not <laughs> and, not to my chagrin if you're if you're having a good time by all means oh I love it I so just much. Uh, it's
1: just such deep guilty pleasure yeah it just <laughs> yeah. um
0: I we uh, Josh and I were talking about it last week recording and I just um i think it, it just it didn't the show didn't really jive for me just because um the tone that i normally associate with the titans was a lot lighter than kind of the show and so that just that kind of threw me off but i i would never take pleasure away from anyone else if you can enjoy it please by all means lord knows there are lots of things that i like that people are like really why so
2: Oh, you're saying you can't see Dick Grayson saying "fuck Batman"?
0: Uh,
2: oh, that's just crazy. <laughs>
0: not, not really. Not entirely. I, I will say this though. Um, from what I remember, because I don't think I made it past season one, but I, I did really like the, uh, the actor they got for Jason Todd. I felt like that was pretty on. Yeah. Track. Um, really, yeah, it,
1: yeah. It, season two it's set up i like i was at the end of it and when well, i mean if you ever have a chance to watch it i'm not gonna ruin it but at the end of it i mean like as soon as i saw it i was like oh yes yeah. they are gonna set up red hood i wasn't sure how they were gonna do it but i knew that you know of course this entire thing is like a totally different alternate universe so uh, they get to they get to play with you know things however they want but uh, man I loved it I, <laughs> I know it's all dark and gritty and fuck Batman but um, <laughs> I like it it's done good you know I mean I get that there's grit but for me I, I was sick of the bright and shiny and so tired of that Batman and I know that the, the, the comics have been kind of grim for quite a while now but that's just as far as I'm concerned that's home to that to that team to those people
0: oh yeah Am yeah I, I, I think i think just yeah like i said for me the the way that i had associated the titans was was not quite um i don't know that 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 darker um i, I don't want to say not angsty because certainly the titans could be angsty but it just i think they really just like kind of you know hammed it up at times and i was like oh, i no. can't i can't do this anymore <laughs> uh, so I, uh, yeah i i don't even i don't, i i, I'll I give think you i rachel's think rachel's
1: character is a little dramatic yeah
0: yeah it was just it yeah, was no. like yeah it was it was like all of that and i was like oh i don't know uh i was like i'll, I'll just i'll just uh I'll, I'll stick with the comics um but anyway as
1: far as reading anything goes i am it's gonna be a
2: while before i'm done
1: with invincible man
2: (laughs) (laughs) what about you rob um on this week honestly the most interesting thing i was paying attention to was e3
0: oh yeah yeah i um i i didn't get to watch all of it i i i actually felt kind of bad i i only got to watch like parts of that and the uh the Nintendo direct that they had, but
2: um you're not missing much.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well I I I managed to see the Breath of the Wild trailer. The Mm -hmm. second the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Um but yeah I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't see much from uh E3 that like really jumped out at me except for, you know, I mean
1: Metroid and Zelda. um, Oh yeah.
0: Well I I I think I was just mainly watching for Halo um because i want that to be good but uh
2: uh, i don't know what what did you think rob um honestly microsoft had the best show this this year Mm. for sure and i think they i read today they won the uh best performance or best best show for this Mm. for the weekend quite honestly yeah like uh, there was so many more exciting games in that and so many more new titles that they showed off compared to like other developers that just and just kind of on the wayside
1: yeah i mean that happens all the time though yeah
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but uh we have a show on the not a Robot podcast network called gaming geeks that's being recorded it has yet to be distributed but it is on its way and the host of that one was telling me uh that the latest juicy bits of the rumor mill and I don't know if he got this from E3 or not because I did not watch the Microsoft portion of that I've, actually I watched very little but he told me that Microsoft is going to be making the transition for Xboxes to make them televisions
0: huh uh, I, I have <laughs> not completely heard that making it <laughs> an
1: all in one box unit you don't have to do Anything other than buy one thing from Microsoft, mm. they could make a fortune off of that. Yeah. So many things. You you need a TV and a controller. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 Xbox on the Nvidia Shield. I mean, people are gonna go crazy for that. If that's true, Microsoft is gonna make a fortune, man. <gasps> yeah. Oh man, that's probably why Microsoft and Sony were in those secret negotiations.
2: I'll be damned. Maybe. Oh shoot. Sony's finally playing well with others. I see. Okay. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did see the the um, the trailer they put out for their new, I guess, like Xbox exclusive game, Starfield, and like, oh yeah, it, it looked kind of cool. But I don't. I still don't really know how I feel about Microsoft basically owning Bethesda at this point because yeah. it, it feels like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it feels like it's basically just going to be their little factory where they churn out. Average games, and, and I'm like, uh, that kind of
2: sucks. I mean, yeah. hasn't Bethesda already been doing that? I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> I
0: don't know. Like, I, I like the Wolfenstein games, and yeah, like,
2: no, they they do good, oh, they yeah. do some good stuff. Yeah,
0: they they, they have some, there's some cool stuff, and I'm just worried like that's gonna kind of go by the wayside, and they're really just gonna basically be Xbox's little AAA. Game factory that just makes yep. Xbox exclusive games for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. I hope not, but
1: that sounds about right yeah yeah
0: uh-huh.
1: it really does i don't care about any of it i'm a nintendo dude so uh, <laughs> well, i mean usually, i'm the guy who yeah
0: usually i'm, 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 I'm mostly nintendo but
1: yeah yeah I, I i'm was... the nintendo dude who sits there and goes you know if there were more than five games on the playstation i would get it mm. but that's it yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's all it's always those like there's like between three to five exclusives with every generation that I'm like, oh, man, I I want that game. But mm-hmm. like with uh, Marvel's Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh,
0: yeah, but yeah. but I, know, I will say, Marvel's, the PS4 Spider-Man, oh, such a great game.
2: Yeah.
1: I, like, that's, I want it so badly, but apparently it's never getting ported to PC, so mm-hmm. I'm not getting yeah.
0: it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a shame. It really is, because that was just... That and the I, I still actually haven't gotten to play it. Um, I think I, I'll have to ask Kirk about it when we do the Marvel show because I'm sure he's played it. But I I still haven't played the Miles Morales um, game yet, and I, I I was really looking forward to that one. But um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't really heard much about it. From what I hear, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But too short. Ah, yeah, yeah, figures. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: that's how it would usually go, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, we've been gabbing about video games for quite a while now. Is there anything else we want to talk about?
0: Uh well, the um the Eisner nominations for all comics this year, I guess last year really, have uh well they, they haven't just been released, but they released a couple days ago and uh, you can go to the ComicCon.com website and basically look up all the uh, nominations and, and that sort of thing. And I won't go through all of them, um, but uh, I, I will say that... some really good people there, man. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I will say that some of uh, some of, I think our personal favorite writers are, are on that list. Um, and even looking at the best writer list, some of the uh, writers that we've talked about on this podcast, like uh, James Tynion IV and Chip Zdarsky and Chef Lemire. Um, Chef Lemire, and all of those guys are, are great. Uh, in addition to some others that are on the list that are, are definitely really great, so go check it out and uh, you know have a, have a look at some of the great nominations and maybe find something new. Yeah, and th-
1: there, there's all kinds of stuff on there, man. Every time uh, the Eisner list comes out, you can go on there and h- find comics you've never heard of. Right before we started this podcast, we were talking about how there was a graphic anthology novel, or an anthology novel mm. uh, on there that was called Menopause, a comic stand. <laughs> that, <laughs> the, you can find anything on that. If it's a good story, it'll be on the Eisner Awards. The only thing... That I know for sure I don't agree with, is that strange adventures should not be in the best limited run.
0: Yeah, it's I can I can see opinion. why it got nominated, but of of those because books, of the art. Uh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I, there's still some things that I, I kind of enjoy about the story, and they usually give Tom King his his Eisner nominations every time he writes a book. But, um, yeah. of of the picks on that list, I I mean. My personal favorite. We again, I was just talking about it before we started recording, but my my favorite would have to go to um, Decorum, which is the book by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Cuddleston, and um, it is truly one of the best books that came out in twenty twenty. It's visually amazing, story is really engaging, and it's open and it's this you know epic sci fi story. So um, personally, I hope that wins, but um, I think there are a lot of great on the list um, I see the far sector is there too and um, just a lot, of, a lot of really cool stuff so like I said definitely go and check it out but speaking of anthology books I wanted to give uh, basically an honorable mention and that I'm, I'm just going to mention it and not really talk about the story um, but I wanted to give an honorable mention to uh, Superman Red and Blue number 5 which came out this week um, and really I, I just wanted to talk about one story which is the uh, story Prospect of Tomorrow by Francis Manipool. Um, and I oh, really God. just wanted to plug this story because uh, if you haven't had a chance to read it, please go to your local comic shop or Comicsology pick up a copy of this book and read it just for this eight-page story. I swear, and I'm not overhyping this at all, it is one of the most beautiful-looking Superman stories I have ever seen. Um, the red and blue palette is unlike anything i've ever seen and if you go to francis maniple's instagram page you can kind of see him walk through the process of how he actually uh colored and painted and shaded this this short story and it is like seriously it is just like i mean you're talking about eisner's and i honestly think the artwork on this is eisner worthy i mean there are so many gorgeous blue and red panels here it's just it's it's incredible
1: At Brandon's insistence, after he got it, I went out the following day, grabbed it up. Mm. Man, uh, this is Manipul at the top of his game. Oh, absolutely! Like it just—it looks so beautifully painted to me. Uh, This might be an unpopular opinion, but I think he blows Alex Ross out of the water.
2: Ooh damn
0: i hope alex ross doesn't <laughs> listen to our podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i imagine he's got some pull everywhere yeah. but uh mm. i mean manipul uh, at this this it was when you told me that it was amazing art i did not expect to open it up to oh, that yeah inside mm. of a gimmicky you know anthology book that, this, that that shit is just gorgeous man yeah i mean i was i was
0: blown away it, yeah for sure Oh wait, were you going to talk about the uh, flashpoint thing or say again? Were you going to talk about the flashpoint thing? that Rob, well, mentioned? no, I mean, I I
1: heard you, but oh yeah, okay. Oh, I I just say,
0: I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you guys had any more. News. <laughs> right.
1: what's, oh what's yeah, go ahead now? and talk about
0: the. I I, I think you. Said so there was like some news, or there was a teaser, or something.
2: Oh, along with the costume, it, yeah. it, it was very, very minor. Oh, okay, I I, I wasn't okay. sure. I haven't seen it myself.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I imagine it's pretty close to the shit we already saw.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah, we we did get a teaser from I believe it was from the director that. Uh, We got a teaser of the Flash costume For the upcoming Flashpoint movie And it is wildly different From what we saw in Justice League It actually looks like The At least the logo is just like the comic And it looks It looks like an armor but It definitely looks a lot better Than what we had I, I was Outright not a fan of the Justice League Flash design Mm-hmm. I did not understand <laughs> all the cool, strings dude. and whatnot. It's just weird, but this one looks—it it was just the the logo on the chest we saw, but it's enough to get me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: feel like I don't Fingers know. Crossed. Maybe maybe I'm I'm in the in the minority, but I feel like they still haven't really perfected any Flash costumes yet. Even on again, I I haven't seen this CW Flash show since like 2015, yeah. but um none
1: of them and, are none of them are what you want
0: yeah you know? <laughs> well every time i see like a you know a post about it on on you know social media or or, or reddit or something uh, it it usually looks kind of weird and then even the one in justice league i mean it was just kind of it kind of grew on me eventually but but even when i first saw it i was like it looks a little clunky but
1: i'm a fan of the armored Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I like the armored look to it because the I mean, granted there's not a whole lot better science behind it, but the idea that he's running around in a lycra suit and it's not burning up is just a little past unbelievable for me. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a stretch. So I mean them changing it to like an armored look that Might be able to resist all that heat and friction and everything I mean that works for me I like the Justice League suit I know a lot of people did but I thought it looked cool
0: cool yeah all right well any more news guys or any anything else you want to share
1: they released the title of the Aquaman sequel I think it's Aquaman the Lost Kingdom it has not been a very news-heavy week.
0: No.
2: Not at all. Yeah. I think that's what's been missing for my week. That's why it's so dull. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
1: Didn't have much to get excited about. Yeah. This week's books, though, man. Oh, yeah. For the most part.
0: All right, well... That sounds like a a good enough segue, so let's get into our books for this week. So starting us off, Rob is going to take us through Static Season 1, number one. So take it away, man.
2: So happy for this one. So this one comes from writer Vita Ayala, with art from Criss Cross and Nicholas Draper Ivy, and letters by And World Design. Criss Cross is not the 90s hip-hop group, but (laughs) they keep thinking it is (laughs) 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 so Virgil Hawkins is having trouble getting used to his new power a constant buzzing in his head this causes him to lash out against the people around him he heads back to school for the first time since attacking Francis aka Hotstreak someone else is taking credit for that attack someone who also happens to be the most popular jock in school Virgil is fine with this as it takes the attention off of him That night at a family dinner, Virgil's family tries to help, but before they can get anywhere, Francis calls Virgil out of his house to settle their score. After a good fight with Francis getting taken down, he decides to retaliate by burning down the Hawkins family home. What? Not a good idea. Good first issue. Yeah, very exciting. Oh my god. This is really good. I'm so happy Virgil's back. I've said it before. I grew up watching the Static Shock cartoon. I didn't uh, i I was like a toddler when the comic came out so I didn't get to read the original static run, but the show had me hooked when I was a kid. I loved it and I'm so happy static is back and yeah. just a really really minor thing this is it, it's not I call it a nitpick, but it's a good thing and this is just something I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago and I, I thought it funny that it was in this so recently for me thinking about it, but the fingernails. Are colored in, and most artists, if you look at the fingernails, it's just the same color as everything else. Same color as a hand, but fingernails are not the same color as your hand. <laughs> they're they're distinctly different. And the artist, when they had the opportunity, they colored the fingernails in, and I loved it. It was just a little thing for me. I loved it.
0: <laughs> I did.
2: I didn't notice. Is, that, I just flipped. Awesome.
1: I just went through and flipped while he was saying that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did. They did some. They did some really good shit. Yeah, there. that's cool. Attention to detail, man. Mm, really
2: good art in one.
1: It's frigging amazing, hardcore amazing, and that's both the artist and the colorist. Yeah, so gorgeous. Mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 liked. I, I was, I was actually, I was more invested in the story than some parts of the art. For me, at least, it just. Um, I think it, it had some really good close-up faces, but sometimes when the artist did some of the electrical effects, it looked a little. I don't know, like it, it looked like animation stills, but they hadn't been animated yet. It sounds like a really weird way to say it, but um, I don't know. It just some some parts of it could be a little hit hit or miss for me. But um, I, I thought the the story for me was a really a really really strong debut, um, and uh, and yeah, uh,
1: the only part where i had a complaint about the art was where they were going through that little narration about well not narration but kind of like side story there about the rumors about the bang babies and the kids that got powers and stuff some of the face detail i wasn't exactly cool with i feel like they just went really really simple with it Mm -hmm. and but uh, the television shots and all of that that was really cool. I, I love the art just about all the way through, except for basically that one page. Um, I know that this is kind of reinventing the origin story a little bit, but it does bring it into the modern world. And it's done really well, like really well. Uh, this is a static that I can get behind. And so far, I'm super excited. I want more. And maybe it's because I've waited for this for so long, but I'm giving this a 9.5, y'all
2: wow very nice how about you rob i gave this an 8.5 i am super excited about it i i probably haven't been waiting as long as you guys but i i am so stoked so 8.5 for me yeah
0: this was uh this was definitely a long time coming and um it's it's nice to see it's back and and under good hands and a, a strong creative team so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing where it goes next and uh like I said, just my only gripe was, was parts of the art. And I think, um, it is probably just me, but I, I think I just, I probably took off some just because of the art and, um, and, uh, because it had this really great cover by, um, this artist, Kari Randolph, who is doing a book called Excellence that I just started reading, actually. Um, that's, that's really good. And so I think I'm biased because, like, I was looking at the cover. I was like, oh, I wish you could have done some of the interiors." But uh, like yeah. I said, you know, uh, art was art was solid in some places, not so much in others. But that was just a personal preference. But uh, overall, I ended up giving this one an eight point five too. So I, I was I was pretty satisfied with the debut. Uh, but man,
1: I guess I was just fanboying milestone. But <laughs> yeah, I loved it. That's dude. great. Like I yeah, had no, that's one great. page where I had one nitpick, and... Other than that, I mean, this damn well could have got a ton. Seriously. That's
0: awesome, man. But uh, next up, we'll be taking a look at Flash number 771. And uh, I'll let Rob tell us all. No, I will let Josh tell us all about that one.
1: Did you guys hear that? He was about to give my book. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh.
1: Ah, <laughs> you're good, man. Okay, are y'all ready for this one? The talent is through the roof! It's quite the collection of, shall we say, super friends. <laughs> this issue was written by Jeremy Adams. Th- you guys were supposed to laugh
0: <laughs> with art from. <laughs> we can put
1: in a
2: laugh
0: track
1: later. <laughs> there, there, we go. Yeah. <laughs> it has art from. Ke- it's written by Jeremy Adams with art from Kevin Maguire, Howard Porter, Barat Pet, Barat Pet, Pe- Pe- Meshki, yes. Brian Hitch, Max Rayner, Scott Collins, Tom Duranic, Fernando Passerin, Eau Claire Albert, and Brandon Peterson. On uh, The colors behind all of those guys is one dude, and that is the excellent Mike Atea. Letters are by Steve Wands, and the cover came from Peterson and Atea, and it's definitely worth a look. I enjoyed it, except for what it actually was. I <laughs> <laughs> That's my first note here. You gave the cover to the worst moment in Flash history that we are all doing our best to forget.
0: Even though it does look good.
1: (laughs) It looks, it's it's done so good, but I hate it. (laughs) Mm. So I did, I judged the book by its cover. I know that's wrong, but was I right? Let's find out. The issue starts off with the big surprise that we mentioned last week and went spoiled for you. And that is that Flash has jumped into the body of Reverse Flash in the DC Super Friends cartoon universe. And he is currently at the Legion of Doom. Superman is laying on the floor with lightning either coming out of him or going in. At this point, I can't really tell, but it looks like it's coming out of him. Anyway, it appears that Reverse Flash is applying to be a member of the Legion of Doom, and taking down Superman looks as though it was his application. Barry, Mr. Terrific, and Green Arrow are trying to figure out where he is and how to get him back. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom... It looks as though Reverse Wally has been voted in as a member. Luther's not happy about it, he complains, and thanks to Wally's quick thinking, Luther doesn't get what he wants. Turns out he's got Batman style files on everyone in the Legion. Oh, and uh, Superman isn't dead, of course. Luther used the dampening ray to weaken Superman before, and that's how Wally will get the speed force energy sucked out of Superman before he explodes. He hits Superman with the ray again, and that does the trick. Luther trips out on him about how the ship is about to explode because of the energy it just absorbed, and Wally replies as he's being pulled away from the speed force saying, I love this part, you know what? Give me your best shot. I promise I won't even move. (laughs) And then he leaves reverse Flash's body right before Luther lands his punch. Back to Barry and Ollie. And Michael Holt, as they deal with a phone call from Linda, Wally's wife, and that's terrifying. They're all scared to answer the phone, in fact. Linda demands that someone smarter than Mr. Terrific starts helping them to get Wally back. And Mr. Terrific's like, uh, somebody smarter than me? (laughs) The next few pages show Wally flipping through times and speedsters. 1832 in the Old West as Max Mercury. In the present day with Miguel from Dial H., he even does some time with the JSA on the next page after drinking some of Ali's horrible coffee. They decide to shoot more energy into the speed force because they now believe that the speed force itself is causing this because it's trying to expel something from inside. Now we jump 20 years into the future and Wally lands inside his son Jai and in front of his daughter I. It comes out that Wally told him stories of this very event, so she knows what's going on, but knows not to share too much with Wally. But she does say that he doesn't retire from being a hero, and that he taught his kids to use their powers for good instead of just trying to live a normal life. By the way, her costume looks awesome. Mm -hmm. And she is wearing it as she takes Flash into space, at least that's what it looks like, and she shows him this giant sun thing with a huge flash symbol around it. She tells him he'll find out eventually what it is. Wally doesn't want to leave but she says, see you in the future and then he jumps again. This time it looks as though he has jumped into himself and into the Heroes in Crisis storyline. He says no as we see all over that there are dead, falling from the sky or something, uh, heroes. And I can't really tell what's going on there, but they're not doing good. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That's the that's the wrap-up for the issue. And in two weeks, we get the Flash annual. I hope that Wally skips through the Heroes in Crisis part because that shit just aggravates me to no end. But the story does wrap up in the annual, and, I, man, I hope it's done right. It's been a pretty fun story so far, but after years of Flash stories inundated with stories left incomplete, I just really hope that they land this, and in a good way. The art was something I really enjoyed. My least favorite is probably the Porter stuff. There's just something about the way his art is done. And here, there was multiple outlines on the characters, like they're glowing a tiny bit, thick lines, sometimes cartoony, sometimes detailed. I hate to pick it apart that much, because Porter can do good work. And it certainly seems as though he's been making a comeback as of late. Although between the super fun stuff and the kind of ambiguous predictions from his kid, the story was a lot of fun. I gave this one an 8.25. What'd you guys think about it?
2: Yeah, just to, to start off with the cover as much as I, I agree with everybody else that heroes and crisis was a, big mess and nightmare <laughs> mistake <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact that it's a beautiful cover i don't appreciate that they kind of just gave away the end of the issue on the cover
0: <laughs>
2: this this cover probably would have been better suited for like the next issue or the annual i think because the last thing you see is he's in the legion of doom and now you're seeing he's going to go back to sanctuary that's don't give it away that's what that was the problem with the batman v superman trailer Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this one was so much fun. Oh my god! I, I'm actually as as much as I'm excited to see where this goes and how this ends. I'm sad the story's going to be over soon because it's just been so much fun watching Wally just pop into different speedsters.
0: Yeah, it's been it's kind it of a cool. Fun. Look back, and uh, I I even like the brief panels or or brief like splash pages where Wally's just jumping from speedster to speedster. So he goes from Max Mercury to Bart Allen. To uh, Jesse, uh, actually, no, 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 not not Jesse Quick, I, or it might
2: be. I'm not sure. No, it, it's it's Jesse as Liberty Bell. Yeah, yeah, Jesse. And that's why like, you
0: feel weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesse <laughs> Quick, and uh,
0: and then Barry Allen. It was just it was just really cool, um, yeah. and and I dug it a lot. I did have one question though. Um, I, I'm assuming that this future that Wally ends up in with Ira and Jay is similar to but different from the kingdom come universe because i ray is wearing the kid flash costume that she wears mm-hmm. in the in the the kingdom series but um so cool i love that costume. yeah but I, I figured it couldn't be just because if i remember correctly um it was <laughs> wally's son that was Different, I think it was like Wally Junior or something. Like Jai wasn't a part of that timeline, so I'm assuming this is either like a slightly tweaked, updated timeline or just a, a maybe a, a slightly different one altogether. Not sure, but that that, that was just a minor observation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, otherwise, I, I I also had a lot of fun with this issue, and um, I, I'm even though I don't love that final moment, I'm definitely excited to see. What happens next with Wally maybe how he'll address that situation and maybe how he'll come out of it you know stronger and more positive so I gave this one an eight out of ten
2: uh, that same reason is why I do love the final moment because now they have a way to either do it right or undo everything that happened <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah although I I would question how much they could undo just because, Roy came back in death metal, as as, or maybe or maybe this is how he's actually back because I guess technically he was a Black Lantern, uh, in death metal and we we still don't have the full answer as to how he you know came back as as a normal human,
2: so maybe this is it maybe not I don't know but yeah I guess we'll have to see it's gonna be interesting Mm -hmm. yeah this this one was a nine out of ten for me I thought the art was great all over and. And each artist fit their bit so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I,
1: sure. I will say that you're right. The the art definitely did fit the the uh, panels.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very curious though. Similar to what Brandon was saying, if we're ever gonna see that future with uh, Jay and Irie, I would love to see more Gold Beetle because I'm pretty sure that's what they were hinting Hell at. Hell yeah! Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll take Gold Beetle. Anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next issue?
1: Don't screw it up. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Keep up this quality. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to our next issue is Nightwing number eighty-one, one that I'm always excited to talk about. And uh, this issue was brought There's to us. So rest.
1: much to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well,
0: how, yeah, I guess it depends on how much we want to really spoil things, but. Uh, Before we get into it uh, really deep, uh, this issue is brought to us by Tom Taylor with art from Bruno Redondo, colors from Adriana Lucas, and letters from Wes Abbott. So while Sonia Zuko is sworn in as the new mayor of Bloodhaven and makes some promises to Blockbuster that she likely can't keep, Nightwing and the man called Heartless stand apart in a fierce deadlock. After facing off against each other and Dick momentarily gains the upper hand, Heartless shows his hand... Uh, which was leading the kids away from the camp and to the pier where he could blow up the pier and then drown them. But Dick manages to send an SOS to the local boats in Bloodhaven who are able to, uh, to respond and get the kids uh, from the pier safely as Nightwing eventually passes out from exhaustion and a head wound. Um, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but all of the boats that were called, all of their call signs are references to old Nightwing riders. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. C. Nice
1: Leonardi, Juergens, yeah. Constant, and Javier Fernandez. Yeah, the, I guess the, Although I think Fernandez is an artist, isn't he? Yes,
0: yeah. They, I guess they the only... And Leonardi as well. Um, but yeah, the, the, a couple missing, you know, Kyle Higgins and Chuck Dixon and Marv Wolfman. But that, that's okay. There's only so many names you can fit, I guess. But anyway... Right. Um, Wolfman and Perez get all kind of hat tips anyway. Yeah. Dude. Well actually, well, I, I was referring to the, the brief run that Wolfman did uh like right after Infinite Crisis with uh Dan Jurgens and Jamal Igle. Um yeah, right Reese, when
1: I hear Wolfman, uh, my brain just clicks with Perez. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, obviously
0: New Teen Titans too, but um anyway. Yeah. So after Babs revives Dick at his apartment, uh she informs him that. Bloodhaven has officially elected their new mayor, one Sonia Zugo, daughter of the man who killed Dick's parents, as we all know, and raised by the Moroni crime family, the ones who actually put out the hit on Dick's parents. Nightwing naturally wants to go after her, but Babs insists that he needs to rest as his head is still recovering from that incident that we won't ever speak of again. Uh, But Dick is too restless for that and sneaks out later that night anyway, arriving at Sonya's apartment only to be ambushed and knocked out by her bodyguard, Audrey. And after Dick regains consciousness, Sonya reveals that she has removed his mask and is aware of his identity as Dick Grayson, to which Dick is naturally furious. But she reveals something about her own history before uh, Dick can spring to action. A surprise connection with the Grayson family that will be explored in the next issue. So I won't spoil it entirely unless you guys really want to spoil it but uh, (laughs) suffice it to say that as I said Sonia Zuko has a I would say a pretty deep connection to the Grayson family uh, that is probably going to be pretty shattering for Dick depending on what story Sonia tells him Uh, obviously it's comics and we have to take it at face value right now, because obviously it could be a deception. They've done this many, yep. many times. They did it with Peter yeah. Parker a couple of years back. And then I guess they retconned it that he actually that he actually did have a sister. But like I said, I- I'm I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop unless they really, you know, um, hammer in that this new relation of Dick Grayson's is in fact genuine. But um I, I have to say that. I mean, I'm still not entirely sure how to feel about this reveal yet. I think I need more information before I can be fully satisfied with it. But aside from that, I really just enjoyed everything about this issue. I think Tom Taylor is still doing a great job at nailing everything about Nightwing and and everything about his voice and everything. And um, again, I don't know if this is Taylor putting it in his scripts or just Bruno Redondo having fun. But there's like a lot of background gags that i love like oh, yeah. babs is uh i'm sure you guys saw this too when babs revives dick grayson um she's she's wearing a t-shirt that's like the uh the batman slapping robin meme that i'm sure we've all <laughs> yeah. seen uh, like that old issue from the 50s uh and it's just really great. Um, and then really tim is. <laughs> well this isn't really a background gag but tim is kind of like oh you know uh your dog bitewing was really worried and and you know dick's like uh, my dog's that's a great name but you know my dog is named Haley, and he's like come on you're talking to us like anyone can have more than one name and babs is like i'm free so there, there's, <laughs> right. there's just a lot of great stuff in this and um technically like like,
1: she's got four
0: yeah 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 well i was <laughs> babs, trying to barbara, think like, of <laughs> yeah, was like girl and oracle yeah it's like what else does she have I-, I could really only think of batgirl and oracle but what would what, what were the other ones
1: babs and barbara
0: oh oh yeah i mean yeah i guess technically okay. names i i guess i was thinking more literally like secret identities but yeah um, but yeah,
1: I'm assuming they weren't talking just super- superheroes. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I, I I probably read into that one too much. But other than that, like I said, I had a really great time, and I, like I said, I'm still processing the reveal. I hope that there is an interesting story, but in all honesty, I think I'm I'm waiting for you know something else. I, I hope it doesn't retcon too much because frankly, that would just be kind of silly and and would kind of take away from an otherwise really entertaining run so far so i ended up giving this one an 8.5 how did you guys feel
1: i don't think that it's gonna wreck on it i've i've got a bit of a prediction but um first let me say redondo on that cover holy shit yeah that cover should make you want to pick the book and then when you do that you get blown away from the inside
0: i'll 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 do you one better um because redondo is like single-handedly Making me love him and hate him at the same time because the book has thankfully been selling really well to the point where it's been getting second printings. And Redondo has gone out of his way to draw all new covers for the second printings. And I swear they are like just as gorgeous, if not better, than the original. So, like, I was taking a look at the issue 81 second printing (laughs) cover, and I was like, fuck, like. I really love this <laughs> issue, but I don't want to double dip, but I like kinda want to because they look so good. Mm. And like I was thinking the same thing no about the idea. last one I with got... like the evolution of the Nightwing costumes cover and like I, I haven't double dipped, but I really fucking want to because the <laughs> items are just blame so me, great. <laughs> right. But anyway.
1: Um <laughs> anyway, the uh um I uh, again I thought the the ships in the harbor, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Uh you can answer me this andrew constant he'll did he do anything else other than the future state nightwing am i just not remembering that oh
0: uh, no it was just just that
1: okay all right but still i thought that was cool finally uh, we were we were told that the dog's name was going to be bitewing <laughs> forever ago and finally we get to see it written i'm, I'm yep, totally cool of that um all of the jokes throughout the whole damn thing are fantastic and i i, I laughed out loud when um when the three of them are sitting in their apartment and dick said uh or, and tim said to dick come on you're supposed to be more sensible than
0: bruce <laughs>
1: <laughs> that <laughs> that yeah. shit was hilarious man and whoa that finale i mean mm-hmm. talking about changing dick's story oh yeah but it like you said it could be an elaborate ruse Um, uh, And, I mean, you mentioned that it centers around Sonya. She is running Blue Haven with nothing but criminals. She was raised by criminals. So, uh, DC Comics history kind of tells us that those who are raised by criminals, even if they are supposed to be good, tend to not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tara comes to mind, like jumping right Mm -hmm. off the tip
0: of my tongue. But if you think about Uh, it. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, just just a ahead, quick man. point I wanted to make. If you think about it in a way, if if this relation does end up being true, um, Sonia and Dick are kind of like like yin and yang, like they're kind of the opposites of one another. Because you have Dick, who was raised by Bruce Wayne, who trained him in a you know in a proper way and raised him to be a good man, and then you have Sonia Zuko, who's kind of raised in the opposite way by. Basically, the evil version of Bruce Boss Maroney, um who basically—I uh, basically don't know crying.
1: if I—I I mean,
0: morally, the yeah, yeah the, morally, the, not the not the like is it's, it's not like his exact opposite, like Joker or something.
1: But uh, man, I mean, have we said too much? Have we already given it away? I
0: don't think so. We just said surprise relationship.
1: Okay, so yeah. um, here's the thing. I'm not going to give away. He said surprise relationship will be there. Leave it there. But I I want to make a prediction right now. Do you guys remember when I said a couple of months ago, right before Taylor took over, I believe it was, that Dick was going to be going over to a slightly darker path? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I I, I remember saying that. <laughs> if this relationship could be a huge turning point, as far as that goes for Dick Grayson, Tom Taylor loves nightwing. Tom Taylor loves animals, and Tom Taylor also likes killing people.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, if so, there's a better than average chance that if this this history that they might share, uh, uh, that 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 she might die by the end of this. Oh, no. And that could be what sends Dick on the darker path.
0: Yeah. Or or at the very least, I could see, because honestly, that would feel kind of like a weird shift in tone. But I could definitely see her, you know, dying. And then Dick is kind of, he really is pushed to take a more proactive role. Because we've been kind of getting hints that he really wants to do something impactful with, you know, the money that Alfred gave him. And this might really push him over that edge to... To do something, and it it may. Right. And
1: he he may. he's talking about wanting to do that, but at the same time, we're getting a lot of seeds dropped that he is not happy with anything else that's happening in Bluehaven. Yeah, that that he he's he's pissed that that the city doesn't take care of itself.
0: Yeah, so maybe I mean I don't want to say anything too early, but you know, Dick could take a leaf from Oliver Queen's book and and end up running for mayor.
1: He Mm -hmm. he very well could. He could also go... He could turn into the vigilante.
0: Well, I hope that doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, not uh, assuming the identity, but I mean, just being like Deathstroke, essentially, but with Batman's mission. I mean, kill or do whatever you have to do to get the crime off the street. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing anything here, but I mean, I said it before. Tim's on a great path. Jason is on the road to redemption. Even Damien is getting a little soft. Even if he's still on Mortal Kombat Island, he's there at a tiki bar. Mm. And for years, there has always been a Robin character depicted as Dark.
0: Oh, I hope so, they don't I do mean, that with Tick Race. And, oh.
1: burned, out, burned out by that possible relation, the, the possibility of that relationship not being there or ending and his city being overrun by criminals all while still dealing with the effects of his head which i will amend most readers will say that this is the only loose thing that they can find in the story because shit he fought as the cabbie i refuse to call him that other name Uh, But he fought against some pretty tough bad guys and came out fine, no concussion problems. But Blockbuster is a fool, and he's no great fighter. And Talon is a great fighter, but neither one of them are seriously supers. So, um, honestly, I gave one half point off because it's under 30 pages, and I think we need around 600 an issue. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. 9.5 9.5 out of 10 all day long
2: very
0: cool well rob we've been
2: talking a lot what did you think Oh, um, i i've been having a hard time trying to decide what my favorite part is because there's so many entertaining moments mm-hmm. but honestly one of my favorites is when dick is infiltrating the i guess it's the mayor's office mm-hmm. and they just have that that Four panel spread of him using his scream of sticks to just breaking the oh, window that so with cool. that. That's so cool. That I love so little cool, bits like it? that. Yeah. Uh, I. I. And screw Haley. It's Bite Wing now. Yeah, it's Bite Wing. Yeah. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah. Uh, this I I've never written so many notes before for a book besides this exact issue, and I had to stop myself or I would have filled like three pages. <laughs> like my jaw dropped at that last page. I don't know about you guys, but I had to pick my draw my off the bus floor and like sanitize it.
1: A third of my notes are gone because we're not going to go into the relationship.
0: I felt bad <laughs> because we gave the spoiler for the Justice League Dark back up. And it's really cool. Oh, yeah, that's true. But like yeah. I was like, oh crap! Like if someone that
1: was... was more like a spoiler for a really cool Easter egg. Yeah, this, this is character defined.
0: Yeah, well, so yeah.
1: so that's pretty. I, I can understand. That. Yeah, it we, might. Sh- we probably shouldn't ruin that. Go out and buy Nightwing. Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> please. Well, clearly people are since it's selling out and getting these gorgeous yeah. second print covers.
1: Absolutely, man. Um it's second print covers, damn it. I know. <laughs> I don't have the money for this shit, guys. I'm like, I don't (laughs) want to double. No, stop
0: it. I want to double down on an issue I already bought, but it looks so good.
1: Tom Taylor, I'm like your biggest fan out there. You could do me a solid and send me some of this shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll buy the original copy, but if there's second print covers,
0: I'm just saying, like, have you know, have Bruno hook us up? Send send the send the prints of the. Oh, new shit. covers that he draws. Send that to not a robot podcast at, at gmail.com and we'll uh we'll, we'll love you for it. We'll love you even more.
1: Forever. <laughs> it's an automatic extra point.
2: Definitely. Eleven Life out of ten time. every every week. Now <laughs> uh, readers you go out and buy it. If if you don't like this twist, and I don't know why you wouldn't. The comedy and the action are so on point in this issue. And Heartless is just a great villain. He
1: really is. And we didn't really mention talk about him that much, but Heartless is really cool because he feels like the polar opposite to the familiar Dick Grayson we know. hmm Yeah, he's, he's he, just he almost feels like Dick Grayson's
2: Joker. That would be awesome. I, I'd be so down for the like I loved Raptor during the Grayson run, but this is a much better antithesis. <laughs> that's what it feels like yeah it's <laughs> i i would not mind if heartless stuck around for a long time and then well, we'll is a see
1: cool. more about him but yeah so far it looks really really mm-hmm. good
2: I, I honestly even if they like never unmask him i'm down for that too yeah he doesn't I, need I, an identity he's just a badass guy
0: yeah I, I just i need a little more before i can like you know make any final uh assessments but
1: no I can tell you that Redondo draws that mirrored mask fucking wicked every single time it's okay. on the page. I can tell you that the premise of the dude is pretty cool. He is very calm. He doesn't get upset. He's enhanced. He's got superpowers. He's not a trained fighter, but he's decent enough. And the way that he speaks, I, I don't know what it is about it, but he, it does. It makes him very interesting. hmm
2: what does he want with all these hearts? It's the mystery, uh, I guess. Uh, that's my he's biggest trying
0: function.
1: to bring back Snow White's
0: stepmother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, no matter what happens with all these plot threads that have been put into this one issue, one thing's for sure, Dick is in for a hell of a time. Yeah.
1: At least it looks like it's going to be something we're going to want to read. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I'm definitely interested, like I said. I I, I don't know how I fully feel about that yet, um, but we'll, we'll we'll have to see. I, I hope that it makes for an interesting story at least. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't help but wonder at this point if DC forced Jurgens to continue on that whole cabbie storyline until they had something that that they could bring him into because they, I think that they had this plotted out for a while what they were going to do with him but there was like this two year gap where we're like we don't know what to do with dick we've got dick for dick mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's so I think that uh, that very well could be what set up the whole horrible run of the cabbie
0: yeah it's very possible
1: although I will say that the idea of multiple night wings is fucking cool and I don't care what anybody
0: says yeah, that was pretty cool yeah I thought it was a cool idea just it it Like I said, it just, it had some shoddy execution. Very much so.
2: Now the thing about that and correct me if I'm wrong, when I was reading Nightwing, just before they got into that, they had this story with, and I can't remember the name of the villain now, like some tech hacker, Mm -hmm. uh, um, tech terrorist. And he had kidnapped Vicky Vale and somebody else that dick had met recently when he was opening his gym Mm -hmm. and dick was going to save them and i think the last issue he was in some like death race in ireland and he was saved by um one of those characters that came out of uh metal i can't remember her name now silencer silencer yes that's it and it ended on a cliffhanger where they were still kidnapped and he vowed to find them and save them and take down this guy and then the next week dick got shot in the head in batman and the next issue of nightwing was the cabbie and we never got a resolution to that and then three months later vicky vale was reporting on something in some other book they clearly just dropped that story halfway through
0: well i think the if i remember correctly the death race was for like a wish so my guess is he probably just ended up wishing that they were safe for something um and then they just that's that was their kind of way of just like brushing it and saying all right we're done oh then i'm um, pissed
2: because i i've been uh <laughs> oh, you've been waiting, I've been on waiting, on waiting for so long yeah no they <laughs> i've they, gone back and reread it did i miss something no okay what the
0: fuck? yeah no as i remember they literally brushed it away with like a wish and then um like that whole plot with the like evil virus got shunted off to batgirl and was resolved yep. there
2: oh okay yeah i wasn't reading Batgirl at the time yeah damn I, yeah. I enjoyed that story yeah but
0: anyway uh yeah. any well, final thoughts
2: on nightwing guys 9.5 for me wow. fucking fantastic Right? Oh, oh my god i want more
1: 9.5. This is a fantastic creative team on a fantastic character. Fantastic story.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Like I said, I ended up giving this one an 8.5 just cuz still got to see where they're going with the big reveal, but uh otherwise a really really great issue. Uh but moving on, we'll be taking a look at Catwoman number 32, which uh Rob will tell us all about and uh, I think is uh, also featuring a pretty strong creative team. So very much let's check it out.
2: So we got on writing duties is Ram V, art by Evan Cagle, Colors from Jordy Belair, and Letters by Tom Napolitano. Leo has been taken by Father Valley, as you saw at the end of the last issue. Cops are swarming all over Alleytown. And all of these people want to know everything they can about Selena Kyle. What is Selena doing about it? Hiding. Hiding and planning. Through some very good flashback stories, we see how each member of Selena's core team met her. Each story shows off a caring side of Selena, but also how ruthless and calculating she can be. Satisfied with the information Father Valley received, he stays true to his word and frees Leo, but then kills him directly after. And the last words Leo speaks is Selina will save me. But we don't know where she is. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. But it was, it was a fun story. It was very interesting, and these flashback stories I thought were really cool to show off a. a I know she's a human. She's not powered, but more of a human side to Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. Just seeing her emotional range and. Just how she can care and be ruthless at the same time. I, mm. it, it's really interesting to see it. It's a side I don't think we've seen of Selena Kyle very often. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I cannot wait to see where this plan is going to go. Fleshing her
0: out. Yeah, I, I know personally. I was I was really excited for for this particular issue just because Rom um, had kind of been talking about it in other interviews and stuff like that because. Um, it was just for this one issue, I think, featuring the art of Evan Cagle, who did covers for a series called Strange Skies over Berlin and, and other uh, uh, artwork in other places. And, and they're gorgeous covers. It's just I'd i never seen him do interiors, but I guess he does. And um, uh, they just they looked really great here. And and uh, mm. it kind of made me want to check out if he's done some interior work elsewhere. I think he might have done some some digital-only stuff on like a website or something but um i I was a big fan of his covers for that series so i was definitely interested to see how he's going to do this and i felt like the artwork was handled really well
1: it really is it's Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous kegel is amazing paired with bel-air i mean holy shit her coloring is on point uh even better than that with like when the lights are bright the scenery the glints of reflection and some of the eyes I mean, it's not just her. Kent Cagle is great. They work amazing together. Mm. But the story that Ron V is weaving has woven into the Catwoman character goes above and beyond anything I could have ever hoped for with Selena Kyle. I'm completely engrossed. I hope that whatever V has done here sticks around forever. I know he won't continue writing Catwoman until he dies, but I don't want this character development to ever go anywhere. I'm trying to think of a way that this could get any better, and I can't. It's her own world, but still taking place with the rest of Gotham. It's truly making Alleytown feel like a separate place altogether. The only thing that I can complain about in here is Father's Father Valley's face in a couple of the panels. But V, this is the shit, dude. Mm-hmm. 9.5 out of 10.
0: Wow. I, uh, I I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10 uh, just because it, it it's kind of like a it's not really a filler issue but it's clearly kind of a stopgap issue where it's like, alright, we're just going to slow down and kind of explore who is Catwoman like the cover says um, yeah. but, you know, it, it, it was a really, really strong um, look into who Catwoman is so I think that's why it was definitely really interesting for me Um, How about you, you, Rob? Do you guys
1: think that they pushed Justice League back a week so that Rambi doesn't hog all the spotlight?
0: Uh,
2: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe You have to give some spotlight to Tom Taylor. Yeah. I I really enjoyed this issue. This is an 8.5 for me. I can't wait to see where this goes. This this whole Selena's got some master plan is really exciting. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, well Agreed. well. moving on to our next issue an issue that uh, I know for me personally was a, a bit of a strange creative team and, and creative choice when I initially saw the announcement, but I was certainly intrigued, um, and that uh-huh. is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow and uh, I'll let Josh fill us in on the summary and uh, tell us all about it
1: Okay, here we go. Written by Tom King with some very enjoyable art and colors, both inside and on the cover from Bill Keese Evely and Matthias Lopez with lettering from Clayton Cowles. The book starts out and seems to stay in a very non-Supergirl kind of story. We initially meet Ruthie Mary Knoll, and we hear her story of how this man known as Krem of the Yellow Hills was taken in by their family for shelter one night, and in the morning after an argument, Krem kills Ruthie's father and leaves him for dead in a field next to their home. Ruthie finds her dad and removes the sword from her chest. It's a very fine, expensive sword, so she's confused as to why it was left behind, because it was very easy to remove. That isn't addressed again, and it feels like it was included for zero reason.
0: I, I think right, so I think it's I, I think it's actually a clue, but I'll I'll get into that later.
1: Oh, go ahead. Good. I look forward to hearing what you gotta say. But uh she takes that sword and she tries to hire a mercenary that is currently drinking in a bar. He says he'll take the job, but he will not wait for the payment of the sword. He basically says, I'm taking this now, but trust me, I'll do it. And that is when things start to get really weird. I mean, sure, we're So many pages into a Supergirl book, and we have yet to see her, but that's not the weird part. As the mercenary is leaving, a blonde woman that is completely drunk off her ass tells the Merc that he is going to return the sword to the girl. He picks a fight with the woman, and of course, as you might have guessed, that turns out to be Supergirl. Now, she's celebrating her 21st birthday on a planet we've never seen before that has a red sun. I can understand the red sun thing because I would assume that it's the only way a Kryptonian could get drunk. That makes sense. So that tracks. But I can't say I ever imagined that Kara Zor-El would be depicted getting so wasted that she's vomiting multiple times the following morning. Hey, everyone. Red sun. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone only turns
0: 21 once, I guess.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing. Where did that come from? If Superman is old enough to have a son. Even, I know he's a grown man, but even if he, he should only be 15 right now, like we all know, Supergirl is older than Superman. So this makes no sense to me. Superman was a baby when Kara Zor-El was already an older teenager. There's no indication that this is a different timeline taking place in the past. There's nothing that tells us that at all. So there's a big point of contention that I've got. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, Ruthie tries to hire Supergirl as a mercenary, and Kara is just like, Look, sorry, I'm going home. I only came here to binge drink. And she leaves saying, Best of luck. Don't kill people. That's bad. She paddles off in a rowboat to get in. By the way, that's the actual dialogue. I'm I'm not just summarizing there. She paddles off in a rowboat to get to her very odd-looking spaceship. Ruthie will have no part in letting Supergirl leave and she follows her by swimming. Apparently, by swimming in waters with something that eats people when a swar- when in a swarm, I guess kinda like piranhas. But uh, Supergirl has already started up the ship as Ruthie gets there. Ruthie is mesmerized by the spaceship as if she's never seen one before, but that doesn't really make much sense either, because if they've never been visited by space travelers, and there was no emergency calling for a Kryptonian, then what the fuck was Supergirl doing there to begin with? How'd she even know to go there when there are several places that they are already aware of that have a red sun? Again, so that Supergirl can go get shitfaced. As they are sitting there and Ruthie is getting a pep talk about justice from Kara, Supergirl is shot through the chest with an arrow. An arrow fired by the very man that Ruthie was trying to get Supergirl to kill, Krem. Who happens to be accompanied by the by the merc that Supergirl beat up earlier, while drunk and without any powers at all? Now she is a trained fighter, far more than Superman, so I can accept that. The merc's name is Bounty, by the way. So now I think that Tom King goes to the same character name workshop as Titan. <laughs> That was funny, too, guys. You're true. As as Krem attempts to fire another arrow at Supergirl, Crypto runs out to attack him. He gets an arrow inside of him, too, right in the neck as it's drawn. Of course, he's a dog. He had no clue that they were under a red sun. And after Crypto gets shot, Supergirl gets angry about swords and arrows. She takes a few more arrows to the chest while completely depowered. And she casually walks up to Krem and says, do you know who I am? I, again, this is verbatim. Do you know who I am? I'm Supergirl. I don't give a fuck about swords and arrows. And then she grabs the sword being swung at her with her bare hands. She takes down Bounty. Ugh, that's such a stupid name. <laughs> Sorry. And we, we see that Krem runs away after that. Supergirl goes to Crypto or tries to attend to him as he is whining very softly and pitifully. Krem board Supergirl spaceship, probably to seek shelter from Supergirl, which also makes no sense. An alien planet and a giant ship you've never seen the likes before? Surely those two things don't go together. Now, the last thing that Krem of the Yellow Hills, killer of men, women, and dogs, was about to escape Ruthie's vengeance. It says was. It says it right in the damn narration box, so we know he doesn't get away. Let me just say this, and I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. In the center of my soul. Tom King, or anyone listening who knows Tom King, let him know this. It's bad enough that you decided to take a wonderful character and masterfully paint her in a contradiction of her character but if you fucking killed crypto, <laughs> this section has been redacted due to content.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Easy, easy. Well, all right, all right. All right. Not coming <laughs> a let's felony not, here. Yeah, let's 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 not let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. All right, this is this is a family. It's a family-friendly podcast.
1: The art is
0: amazing.
1: I loved it so much, but mm-hmm. it. King and Bendis have become so unilaterally associated with screwing things up in D.C., in my opinion. But they are consistently paired with some of the best artists that D.C. can offer. If if you can introduce good stories and not pull them off, you will be rewarded with amazing art teams. That's what I see as far as business practice goes. It's dumb. The art is fantastic. Really, that's like amazing. Even the cover. I just don't like this portrayal of Supergirl and the setting makes no sense. And this fucker might have just killed Crypto, who, by the way, is the only member of the Super family that I like more in parallel to the Bat family. Ace cannot compare to Crypto. Hmm. (laughs) This book, and I feel bad about saying this for Bill Keese and Lopez, but you guys, you guys, and Clay you guys deserve better than this, but the story is just not there, man. There's nothing to it. It's I feel like we're watching Supergirl's version of Strange Adventures. And, you know, the, the art brought it up, man. 6.25 out of 10.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually really like this issue. I don't know. I, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I, 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 I know the portrayal of Supergirl might have seemed a little off. I, I, I guess I wasn't thinking that much about it, um, one, because I don't really go out of my way to read a ton of Supergirl, and, and two, because, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm of a mind that if, if it can be interesting, to me at least, and, and this doesn't have to be unilateral, but to me at least, if if the portrayal can be interesting in a way that makes me want to continue the story, I'm willing to give it a shot um and i I think it at least had my attention with the introduction of the character ruthia so i was i was there already um and i i I don't think i was analyzing a lot of the intricate details as much as you might have been just because i mean you know it's comics and there are a lot of leaps of logic that you can make that's kind of one of the cool things about the medium but um i mean
1: you're you're not wrong there, but I mean, if if it's going to be a completely different portrayal, that should be set up in an alt worlds kind of book or a, a black label. I I don't think I've ever seen Supergirl drop as many f bombs in the course of a year than I have in her just this issue.
0: Yeah, I I guess yeah, I guess I just I I wasn't as I don't know as like to put it bluntly i don't know if i cared that much um <laughs> i get it i get yeah.
1: it i was i grew up when the whole supergirl power girl thing came up so mm. i got to i i had to i i just i i wanted to know as much as i could about both of those people mm. and i mean that's when i started knowing all this crap about supergirl plus my brother is a superman freak mm. so um I, I got all that kind of knowledge from him too so uh, yeah maybe i'm being too picky no that's that's but, hey
0: it's it's personal taste my friend um but no I, I like i said i i honestly was going into this i think where you are now like my expectations were not high uh just because i mean and and even with Kiss evely because i i had kind of went in going like okay tom king and supergirl that doesn't seem like a great idea I, I just don't know if if that'll really work and i don't know what kind of story you would have to tell and even with Milkis, i was like the artwork that i've seen her do is mostly fantasy it's not sci-fi so i was concerned that it just wouldn't really fit it would look like sci-fi in space which or it would look like fantasy in space which just sometimes can look a little wonky, but I I think mm-hmm. for me, I was I was pleasantly surprised with how much I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um and like her like art you is said,
1: fantastic. And there it, there are tones and 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 pieces of fantastic elements in there, like that giant beast that that she's writing. I mean, that's straight out of, mm. out of something close to the never-ending story, you know.
0: Mm. But but um yeah, it just I don't know, it, it's 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 hard to say exactly but I think I was just I was I was interested and I was kind of into it and it just kind of worked for me and i I, I kind of really liked uh cara's speech to to ruthia kind of towards the end of the issue where you know ruthia is really begging her to take the job and Kara's just like look i you know, I have a job on earth and I, and and I have a code where I don't kill people and i I just that's just not who I am and um yeah I don't know like I said it was it was it was strange I wasn't expecting it but it 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 worked as surprising it about for me, so I actually ended up giving this one an 8.5. Oh,
2: question about that, now, what Brandon? Did you, think? did you ever read and enjoy Warlord or Sword of Amethyst?
0: I did read yeah. the Mike Grell
2: Warlord. I, I, okay, I, really like I was getting series. major Warlord vibes from this whole story. I think maybe that oh, maybe yeah. that's the connection <laughs> there. Yeah, for sure. Now, my I, I will go a little bit deeper in my review, but my review can be summed up in a quote. A famous movie quote from a popular franchise. I remember this for award season. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the super books, not tear them apart. <laughs> 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 this, this this one feels a bit weird. I I really enjoy the setting. I enjoy the story of the with the planet. In this this alien world all that stuff is great and I'd really enjoy a story about Kara growing up in that time in her life 21 going out and drinking being a young adult and just doing crazy shit I think that'd be awesome but the pacing here just feels so awkward and those two story elements just don't seem to mix well for me it
1: does seem like it goes through yeah. things a little fast I mean, like she said, what, what was it? How did she put it? Um, uh, let me see here. Oh yeah. Best of luck and don't kill people. <laughs> that that doesn't exactly seem like the kind of, you know, heartwarming, reaffirming pep talk that one would yeah. expect to come out of a member yeah. of the super family. <laughs> That sounds maybe closer to definitely
2: <laughs> Damian. Uh, that this one was really awkward. I, I was really looking forward to it. I was excited about it, but yeah, uh, I, I maybe I was wrong. But I thought the solicitations were kind of billing it as a story of Supergirl going across the universe and saving alien worlds and like Star Trek meets Supergirl or something. I don't know, but that that's not what we're getting here. I love this world. And I I think it'd be a very interesting world to explore, but maybe not with Supergirl.
1: I wouldn't even have a problem with exploring the world with Supergirl. I I didn't have a problem with her going to the moon in Future State. But there's there's a lot of elements here that just don't add up as far as being true to the character goes. And honestly, um, in Strange Adventures, in Mr. Miracle, that's not a problem that he's got. He he does remain true to every character that he writes. Um you know, of course, Adam Strange gets, you know, a, a twist because of the plot, but other than that, um if it, it it just it feels like he's giving Supergirl the Batman treatment here. And that's not something I'm happy with, man. Hopefully he'll do what he did in Batman and just respond to social media and, and make her stop cussing so much and maybe a little bit more compassionate.
0: I don't know. I I I guess what, I'm what? I'm I'm alone this week. <laughs> I was I don't know. Like it just she
1: was she was even nicer when she was
2: <laughs> Lex Luthor's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I, uh, I, don't I don't mind know. the swearing. I think that's I, uh... that's just as her growing it's it's a little out of character a little weird but i think it's cool Mm. it's the rest of it is just weird and 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 this book is losing points for possibly killing crypto in the first issue just don't do it
0: yeah well don't do it i i hope he doesn't do it at all if he does i may have to (laughs) retroactively change my score but uh uh, <laughs> I will say that. Ben Are you Cassis, sure? I can't poop in his lawn. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Let's let's
2: let's not do any of that. We'll put uh, right. Kryptonian dog poop in a burning <gasps> bag on his front porch. <laughs> but, um, you can find it. About, what Six point five. What for did you rate this
0: issue? Hmm? Fair enough. All right. Well, on to our final issue for this week, and that is Infinite Frontier Secret Files number five. Uh, this has a story which is brought to us by Joshua Williamson and Stephanie Phillips, with a script by Stephanie Phillips, art from Phil Hester, inks from Andy Parks, colors from Nick Velarde, and letters from Tom Napolitano. So according to Robert Louis Stevenson, man is not one whole, but two halves. And according to Cameron Chase, former DEO agent, director Bones is so much more than that. A complex figure who is neither good nor evil, Bones is someone that the both. Po- that the post-Death Metal multiverse just might need, as Director Bones is investigating some of the mysteries around those affected. Uh, In this instance, he is grilling one Captain Boomerang about the powers he developed during Death Metal, and whether the radiation is still within his system. Bones, of course, is skeptical that the radiation is completely gone, and aims to prove that theory. After Bones locks Boomerang in a room with some strange gas, Boomerang begins to morph into a monstrous creature, forcing bones to flee until he successfully contains and decontaminates the beastly boomerang. At least for now, uh, the tale ends with agent chase over the recording, wondering if bones, own past and good evil and everything in between, as well as his past connections to the multiverse will have any impact on bones, further investigations into the current state of the multiverse. Um, yeah, not, not much to say, just kind of a a solid installment in this series. I like the art. I like the story. Uh, it's a cool director Bones story uh, i guess the next one is focusing on psycho pirate so i think that'll be pretty cool um that, everything's just kind of done pretty well so i i just gave this one an 8 out of 10 i didn't really i didn't really have a ton of thoughts of it it was just mostly kind of a, yeah. a short solid installment
2: well, i, I, I can definitely agree start. with that it, it it's yeah well, it's not much to say it's just it was interesting i don't remember that thing happening to boomerang though in death metal at all I had to double
0: check, so I, I, I dug through my because I have all my my death metal stuff sleeved and packed away, and I guess it was in the death metal guidebook where he had like morphed into some kind yeah. of weird freaky creature. Um, yeah. It was actually the story that Chip Zdarsky did with oh, okay. with Kari Randolph. Um, I'll take another so, look at that. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah, where that's... that happened, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's in the uh, what are they? What did they call it? Uh, death metal dc's guide to the dark Uh, multiverse or some shit like that yeah it
0: was the death metal guidebook it was just called the death metal guidebook
2: yeah i thought this was a it was cool look into Bones' history for somebody that might not have read infinity inc and all that stuff you just get to see the history of this character i mostly know him as director of the deo and a brief stint as a supervillain i didn't know all this other stuff about heroic acts and whatnot. I thought it was really cool to see, especially if he's going to have a huge role in Infinite Frontier coming forward. It's a nice little look in, into who this character yeah. is.
1: It's it. He's a great character to push into Infinite Frontier, but honestly, I don't think I have ever been more interested in Bones mm-hmm. until this point in this issue. So um, show me the money, guys, because this could end really good. However, <laughs> no offense to his legion of loyal fans out there, but I, I just can't enjoy Hester's artwork, man. It ah. it kind of makes <laughs> me think. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, yeah. I know, I know. Everybody I say that to says what? But it it just okay. So I have a problem with traditional American tattoos, which is just basically thick lines and crude drawing. And when I look at Hester's work, that's that's all I see. And it, no offense to him either. I know loads of people like his style. I'm not going to drag the score down too much because of it. Because for the style that he's trying to do, he does do it very well. And it's not—it's not hard to look at like uh, John Romeda Jr. or you So I, I, I do like the story. Uh, well, I mean, I like the potential for the story. That's probably better said, but. This book was good, and with all the secret files leading up to where they are, Into Infinite Frontier, uh, for a 15-page book, this one was pretty damn decent for me. I gave it a 7.75. it
2: was a 7.5 for me, and I'm looking forward to the next one, because I love me some Psycho Pirate.
0: Yeah, yeah, it should be really great, Uh, but... As long (laughs)
1: as Tom King's not right.
0: (laughs) Now that that's done, let's break down our top three books for this week and a standout moment if you have one. So, uh, Josh, do you want to get us started?
1: sir? First, I just want to clarify that wasn't just a clear dig at Tom King. The last time I saw Psycho Pirate, I believe, was when Tom King was writing it. Anyway, um, before I get into my top three, I'm going to reiterate what we said earlier. Go buy Superman Red and Blue. Mm-hmm. trust Definitely. me trust Brandon mm-hmm. trust all of us the shit is wonderful Um, but top, top three I had, dude I had no clue how to do this so I went back through the issues looking to be picky that didn't really work <laughs> so what I did was I just I, I kind of compared each story to each other rather than trying to grade them individually so this is where I ended up I gave number three to static. I have been waiting so long for this. The setup feels amazing and it is amazing to look at. It is so nice. However, it is a setup issue. So regardless of how good it is, I do have to take that into consideration. And that is why that 9.5 got number three. Number two is also a 9.5. I had three of them this week. That's going to go to Catwoman, which could easily be number one. It's absolutely nearly perfect, and I do mean that. But the next issue was on par with that and had one hell of a cliffhanger. So number one, also a 9.5, is going to Nightwing. Thank you, Bruno Redondo and Adriano Lucas, for making another beautiful book worthy of looking at just for the art. And also, thank you to my comic lord and savior, Tom Taylor, for bringing me another amazing story. And they only get better and better. Never leave DC, Tom (laughs) Taylor. Never leave DC. (laughs) My favorite moment? There were so many standout art moments in pretty much every issue. Even Supergirl that I didn't like. The art across the board, I I loved. All week. So instead of choosing one of those like I usually do, I'm going to go to use the apartment scene with Dick, Tim, and Babs talking. That whole scene, that whole moment, the dialogue was great. I laughed. All the little Easter eggs that were in it, that's that's going to be my favorite moment.
0: Very cool. Yeah, my, uh, my top three books for this week are at number three. Uh, I had... A two way tie between Static Season number one and Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one. Um, Both kind of debut issues, both setting the tone for their new series. And I mean, I know I'm kind of alone on that one, but I thought both, even Supergirl, did a a pretty solid job for me. Um, At number two, I had Nightwing number 81. This probably would have had the top spot, uh, just except for. That reveal, which I sound like a broken record, but I just I, I think I still need time to process it because I mean I even know my initial reaction. My eyes kind of went in the back of my head. It was like, oh, not the surprise, <laughs> you know, surprise relation again. Because uh, like, how many times have we seen that by this point? Green Arrow, Batman, Spider Man. I pre- I pretty much just gave it away at this point. But if you could put the dots together. But anyway, uh, other than that final. <laughs> Reveal, which I still need time to process. The issue was uh, was really strong for me, um uh, but at number one, I think really just a, a, a solid issue overall. And even though I said it was kind of not the filler issue, but it didn't really progress the story forward. But just comparing it with the others, I think was really the standout issue for this week, which was Catwoman number thirty-two. um Just doing a,
1: you know what the best way to describe that is, I would think, is a character study.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think I think that's yeah, it's definitely a good word for it. Um, and it just it just did a really a really good job of doing that, even if, like I said, it didn't move the story forward a lot. Um, but my favorite moment actually has to go to Superhero One of Tomorrow this week, which was the uh, I guess splash page of Supergirl holding the two swords and uh, kind of standing over uh, the bounty hunter. Um, and it's just it's just a really gorgeously drawn panel. Um, and and I just I just love on the side to, well, I guess from her perspective, it would be the left. But from our perspective, it's the right. You have crypto. And it's just it's such a cute drawing of crypto. And I, I don't know, that's just my favorite panel for
2: this week. But uh, Rob, so... what about you? Can't take away so the art I had at number 3 I had Static Season 1 number 1. It's a fantastic first issue and it just sets up so much. Great story to come. I'm already excited for Season 2 and Season 1 just only gotten started. Number 2 I had The Flash. Such a fun <laughs> right. story. I don't want it to end but I can't wait to see the end. Keep this up. And number 1 has to go to Nightwing. They just... Uh, I don't even know what to say now. Like the the I'm gonna say the best book in Infront of Frontier right now. Well, if if not for Swamp, or even King, then, very, like very Swamp Thing, is cool. Thing's amazing. Still, but Nightwing's my got everything.
0: <laughs> uh, Swamp Thing uh, still is my heart.
1: Yeah, I'm it, like I love the Nightwing book, man. Like I really, really love the Nightwing book, but I. Right. i have to if i had to pick one over the other i would have to go with swamp thing mm-hmm. too because i don't even know what word yeah. for it
0: it's like it's perfect it's honestly and um i i don't know if you guys are keeping up with it i, I think rob you might have mentioned that you were but honestly i think it's the closest thing dc has oh to
2: definitely Mortal Hulk right now definitely it's,
1: I would say Immortal Hulk is the closest thing that Marvel has to Swamp Thing, right? Now. Well, I would say
0: that, <laughs> but it's it's just that Immortal Hulk's been, been going for longer. But
2: Oh,
1: yeah, I know.
2: I'm only saying that because I'm a DC fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so best moment for me, I, I, I would pick something from Nightwing, but I could not pick one, so I'd have to pick the whole book. But that's kind of cheating, so I'm going for... Wally speed slapping Lex Luthor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I actually laughed out loud at that moment. <laughs> oh, shit, that, that was great. That was a good moment. I had yeah. it really well done. Uh, oh, man. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That
1: is an excellent favorite moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just does what he says.
0: <laughs> All right. That was fun, but this is even more fun. It's time for The
1: Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty.
0: So, which title made your stink list today, guys? I'm pretty sure I have a, a strong idea of what it is, and I think I'm, I'm the only one that doesn't have it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Supergirl, man. I was I was really excited for this. I must have forgotten who was writing it. The voice, the character, the plot devices, the damn names used. Other than the arts being arts. <laughs> other than the art being nice to look at. I wasn't looking at her, but I promise. <laughs> there really was nothing appealing about this book, not to me. If the art wasn't as good as it was, this isn't just Tom King 8. This is what I felt about the story. I would have given it a four. Damn.
2: Like it. Wow. Yeah, I'm He's on about the same boat around. with Supergirl. I... I i'll admit i don't think i realized that tom king was writing it before i picked it up and when i saw the name was like oh okay and i kept an open mind but yeah just it didn't hit with me so Supergirl's on my my biggest stinker this week i'm i'm still holding out hope i'm still going to be an open mind for the the remaining issues we'll see how it goes as long as crypto's alive maybe you'll actually make it not on the biggest stinker but not the top three either
1: if crypto yeah. survives, I'll give him a chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so too.
0: But well, the, well, the funny <laughs> thing is, is even if he survives to the next issue, there's no guarantee he'll make it to the end of the series. So <laughs> I, I guess we'll still have to still have to keep our fingers crossed. But uh when... I thought Taylor
1: messed with my emotions in deceased. This is <laughs> messed up.
0: Yeah, not not crypto. <laughs> not crypto. When when are we? Uh, oh,
1: yeah. I mean, fuck! You could have taken Ace. I'm a bats dan and i would have been completely not, fine. not not the not the cow no but you can take ace <laughs> no, not over ace. crypto any day no, don't
0: okay how Deal. about we don't take any of the pets i like that idea let's not well, take that's any a great the idea pets. let's let's just yeah like if i had to pick one um okay <laughs> no
1: can't do back
0: And that's the show. We hope you had fun. We definitely did. Come back next week for a monumental week of DC Comics Talk when we'll be reviewing Detective Comics 1038, Action Comics 1032, Superman number 32, Robin number 3, Infinite Frontier number 1, Justice League 63, Joker Box, Joker Puzzle Box number 2. Batman Reptilian number one, Wonder Woman 774, Batman Superman 19, Harley Quinn number four, Checkmate number one, Teen Titans Academy number four, and Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom number two. Should I do
2: that all in one breath? (laughs) Jesus. Oh my God.
0: I'm like almost out of breath just reading that. Um, I can believe We'll be here talking (laughs) comics probably for a while. And we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. With that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be
1: good to each other. And don't be a robot.
2: ga 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 ga